Hi, everyone. My name is Matt F., as in Fellowship, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater living in Northern Virginia outside Washington, D.C. Um, I'm just going to pause for a moment. God, please guide my words, be of service to someone, even if it's me. Amen. Um, I am a 100-pounder. Uh, I recently turned 53 years old. Uh, I'm five foot eight. My top weight was 380 pounds back in 2003. Uh, that's when I had ruin-wide gastric bypass surgery, and I've been maintaining a weight of 225 to 240 for the last... Um, probably four years now in program. Um, when I came into program, I was 265, 270, something like that. Um, so I, I think I'll just talk a little bit about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, so I was, uh, I've been overweight my whole life. Uh, I was uh, a chubby kid, um, you know, then a, a fat kid. Uh, and I was an obese adult, uh, obviously at five foot eight and um, 380 pounds. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing professional football, so um, that was that was an awful lot of weight to be carrying around. Um, what it was like was pretty terrible um, most of the time, and you know, I, I continue to discover ways in which being, you know, identifying as someone who was fat. Uh, and I, and like I, I both do and don't like to use that very simple word. And it's just, in a way, it's just descriptive, but it carries such a negative connotation. Um, but, but it's the shortest way to say it. I was, medically speaking, I was grossly morbidly obese. That's a lot of syllables. I was, I was fat. And that's how I thought of myself. It was it was the the main. It was the first thing that I thought about myself. There were other things I thought too, but but that was usually the first thing. And I'm still I can and I imagine I will for the rest of my life continue to discover ways in which that um, sort of warped my my perception of myself and the world and other people and um and 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 not usually in ways that are that are very helpful um and so i'm really grateful for this program that i've been in for i think today is uh i've been I've been absent for 1800 days today so i've got um, five years coming up pretty soon and uh, if i make it i don't have to take anything for granted um so what it was like was, um, you know, it's like I don't even know what to say about it because I don't know what normal is. I don't know what it's like to not be what I have been. I do know that um, I feel like I spent a lot of my life uh, either trying to make sure nobody could see me or trying to be the center of attention so that in like I could sort of preemptively be in control of who saw me. Um, 
and what they saw. Um, so it was like I either wanted to be the shrubbery or I wanted to be the clown. And uh, and that just seemed normal to me. But I don't I don't know that that's really like what most people go through life thinking about themselves. And uh, it you know it it's sort of it was like the sun at this being overweight was like the sun at the center of my system. It was, it was what, what twisted all of the orbits of all of my other traits uh, into the orbits that they followed. And, um, and, you know, I, I spent a long time uh, in my life, you know, nearly a half century. I was 48 when I came into program. Um, really hating that, really just despairing of ever being something that I wasn't and was never going to be, which is a person who um, is not a compulsive overeater. And, uh, and you know, that, that was hard uh, because it, it meant that I greeted most days on some level, expending a significant amount of my attention, focus, and energy on like being actively unhappy with this very ever present reality of my life and 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 struggling against it and trying to change it and and never really being able to do that. In a, in a way that stuck and then feeling bad about myself because I, I couldn't solve what seemed like a very simple problem. Like it's you know, calories in, calories out, right? It's math. How hard can it be? It's, it's not even hard math. It's not even long division. It's like addition and subtraction. And, uh, and, and that, but, but, you know, that, but, and, and so now I look back and I see all of that, but I didn't think about it at the time. It's just, that was just my life. Like, that was just what I did. It's how I went through the days. It's how I woke up in the morning. It's how I, you know, it, it's how I reacted every time I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror or felt that my pants were too tight or my shirt buttons were a little stretched or, um, you know, got made fun of by a kid or an adult or a kid as an adult. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't very fun most of the time. And and I spent a lot of time too feeling kind of sorry for myself. Um, and my my first name Matt rhymes with fat, which was not fun for me as a kid. And my last name is Fisher, and so Fat Whaler was a common nickname that the kids would would call me. Um, and you know it was just it wasn't a great time. Um, What happened was that I stopped fighting. I don't mean that I gave up exactly. Uh, when I came to this program in, 20, in early 2019, um, I, I, was a, I was a big believer in AA. I had people in my life who were recovered in AA. I, that's not a problem I have. Um, it never has been. But, um, but I had people who were important to me in my life who, I, who were recovered in AA, and I... I thought I understood what it had done for them 
and uh, but I had had a conversation. And, and so, by the way, along the way, like I tried, I wouldn't say I tried everything, but I tried a lot of things before the gastric bypass and even after it. I tried pain and ways. I tried, you know, like the ones you've heard of and some you haven't. I tried drugs, uh, prescription drugs. Um, I tried, uh, you know, different, you know, macro pattern, you know, high protein, low protein, high carb, low carb, like all that stuff. Um, I tried exercise. Uh, and, you know, some things, I, I wouldn't say anything ever worked because, like, some things did result in me, you know, quote, losing weight, but it never lasted and it, it wasn't really healthy. Uh, I, I also, as a kid, I'm, I'm like, I have a memory of trying OA as a kid. Uh, I, I don't know how old I was, maybe less than 10. Just like vague recollection of a church basement somewhere. Um, and, and being like the only male and the only child in the room and, and being really mortified to be there was not my idea, I'm sure, to be there. Um, anyway, I, as an adult, you know, at 48, uh, I, I believed in 12-step recovery, but not Overeaters Anonymous. And, uh, and I had actually said out loud to someone who was in 12-step recovery that I thought Overeaters Anonymous was, quote, BS, except I didn't say BS. And the reason was that I knew that step one was we admitted, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. And, I, you know, I just... I was like, that's not me. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not anorexic. I'm not bulimic. I'm not going to binge until I burst something inside. I, you know, I don't weigh four or five or six or nine hundred pounds. I can get out of bed. I can sit through doorways. So that's not me. But the guy who had gastric you know, radical gastric surgery uh, 15 years earlier or whatever. So. Uh, so, so I did. I had an. I had this opinion about it, but it turned out that that I just I, as they say in the rooms, like I misunderstood the assignment. I did not understand when I said that that what it means for me to be a compulsive overeater is that for me there are some foods that once I start I can't stop and I can't stop from starting. That's it. And it wasn't until I heard, and, and I sort of think of that as like, that's the doctor's opinion in 17 words and from the big book. Like, for me, there are some foods that once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from That is the physical allergy and the mental twist. When I describe it to civilians, what I tell them is like, it's like having a deadly peanut allergy, except that when presented with the opportunity to eat peanuts, which I love, I can't remember that I have a deadly peanut allergy. And once I start eating them, even as I start to die, I can't stop eating them. I just keep eating them. It's, like, it's crazy, right? I mean, like, if you had a peanut allergy and that was what you did, like, you, you, you'd call me crazy. But, you know, this Coca-Cola, I don't know, didn't seem that crazy. So it wasn't until I heard my disease described in that way that it was like, how could I possibly deny that this is true? Like there's, there's, there's like as much evidence 
for the truth of that statement as there is for the truth of the statement that I have brown eyes. Like, for me to continue denying it in the face of that very simple definition would be for me to, be, like, stand in front of you, look into your eyes with my brown eyes and say, I don't have brown eyes. My eyes are blue. You know, once again, like, you'd think I was crazy. So that was kind of it for me. Like, that, I, I didn't understand what it was to be a compulsive over a year. Once I did, there was no way I could deny it. And um, so, so, like, that's what happened. Uh, and I didn't come in, by the way, like, I didn't come back into the rooms looking for a solution to my problem. Um, I, I was listening to, I, for reasons having nothing to do with recovery or weight loss or for alcoholism, I, I, had, I had on my to-do list to listen to a big book step study on YouTube. AA, but that was my thinking at the time. Uh, and it, was, it had to do with my work, and I don't work in recovery. Like, it was just, it was, it was a silly, stupid little path that led me to have that on my to-do list. And when I searched for, for Big Book Step Study in YouTube, because it, you know, Google, which owns YouTube, knows me pretty well, it was like, we think, we think, you're, we think the one you will like the best, sir, is this Reader's Anonymous Big Book Step Study. And, uh, and because I work in digital marketing, like I knew that it was, a, it was giving me what it thought would be the most helpful result. And by the way, it was like the very first result. It was not like fourth on the list. Um, I knew that it was trying to be helpful because it thought it knew me. And uh, I was actually sort of offended. So that's how I wound up listening to this. It was not like, I was like, oh, I wonder if OA is for me. I wonder if, you know, I just didn't understand it. I went in thinking, this is BS. I don't qualify. Go F yourself. But uh, sure, I'll listen to this craziness. And, you know, that's what happened. Uh, what happened after that was uh, I got abstinent. I just made a list of the foods that once I started, I couldn't stop, and I couldn't stop from starting, the ones I could think of. And um, and I just was, so like, uh, I started, heard those words on a Saturday. I, I finished the step study on a Sunday. And on Monday morning, I just woke up as a person who doesn't eat those foods anymore. And I haven't eaten those foods in, uh, you know, 1,800 days. And uh, time's like a little short, so I, th I think what I want to talk about is is God, um, because it, in my experience, the the thing that people tend to get hung up on the most once they sort of crest the wave of like, yeah, I'm a compulsive overeater. For me, there are some foods that once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting. That's step one. Right. Step one is we admit we're powerless over food that will have to come unmanageable. There's nothing really that controversial there. But then you slide into step two. Came to believe that the power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. And if you're like me, I was an agnostic. I grew up with no religion. I did not like, believe in God. Devil remind. I, I like, thank you. That's five minutes, right? Yeah, it's awesome. That's five minutes. So, um, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe there was no God. I was not an atheist, but I didn't pretend to know what it was. So if you were like me, it was like, 
that's the first reference to something that I, I know the God, I know the G word is coming in step three, but the step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. And I know that a lot of people get really hung up on that. And I choose to focus on the way it's described in step two. So for me, step one was I had to stop denying an undeniable truth that I was a compulsive overeater. There are some foods that once I start, I can't stop. I can't stop from starting. Step two was just, well, if it's really true that I am powerless over this thing, as it says in the big book, a lack of power is my dilemma, then I think there are only two possibilities. Either there is no source of power in the universe, including me, that will enable me to get abstinent and recover. Or there is one. It's not me. And like that's that is a completely unloaded statement, right? It's just like that just seems logical to me. But but it's it is described in step two as a greater power. All it has to be, like the, the bar to be the higher power, the quote God of my recovery, is this. It has to be sufficient and sufficiently reliable to enable me to remain abstinent and live like a recovered person when my self-will alone won't. That's a pretty low bar. My self-will is terrible. So I just decided, like, it doesn't matter what it is. Now, if you skip ahead to step three, like I said, it mentions the word God and in the big book, Heaven knows is I don't, God is probably the most commonly mentioned word in the first 164 pages of the big book. What I would say to anyone who's new, especially if you're struggling or wondering, you know, what to do about this this God thing, is uh, and, and maybe especially if you're coming in with a religious perspective on what God is, is maybe focus on what's in step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Just a power greater than ourselves. It does not say the God of your religion. It does not say a deity of any religion. It's just a source of power that is sufficient and sufficiently reliable to enable me to remain absent and recover when myself alone will not. And then step three, so, so step one is stop the undeniable truth. Step two is admit the irrefutable logic of an irrefutably logical statement. Step three then is just, all right, do, do I want to do this thing or not? Like that's the decision. The decision isn't to believe in God. The decision isn't to uh, decide what God is. The decision it's just to move on to step four. It's like, all right, I'm just going to trust that whatever that greater power is, that, like, if if there is one, since I'm powerless, that it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be enough. And so far for me, it's been enough. Uh, I do I do have a faith in in what I refer to as God now. It's not a religious God. 
or I take my definition of my greater power directly from the big book. In the chapter of We Agnostics, we finally had to admit the proposition that either God is nothing or else God is everything. And I just chose everything, literally. The entire universe, everything, and everyone in it. But that doesn't, because that works for me. But that doesn't matter. What matters is that I made a decision to proceed to step four and trust that whatever happened, it was going to be okay. That if there was a greater power that was going to enable me to recover, that it would have my back enough to let me get through the big scary step four and my and my even scarier amends and recover. And so far, that's been enough. Nice. Thank you. I'll wrap up. So if you're new or you're not new, but you're struggling, and what you're struggling with is you just can't figure out the God thing, maybe don't worry about it. Maybe maybe just assume that, you know, it's not on you to figure out the God thing. God's going to figure out the you thing. And if part of God figuring out the you thing is that you're meant to, to recover, you will. And if it's not, that doesn't mean you're a bad person or broken. It just means it's not time yet. And I don't think that's up to me, whether it's time yet. So with that, I will pass. Thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. And I will leave my number before the recording stops. My number is 310-873-8619. Now, I do live in East Coast time, even though that's a West Coast number. So please be mindful of that. And also, if you're able to text before calling, please do. I generally don't answer uh, phone numbers or phone calls from numbers I don't recognize. But if you text, I will definitely get back to you. And with that, I will pass.